So, David, I'm um, sure you're going to be jealous. Yes. Already I jealous. got a hug from Jimmy this weekend. Oh, yes. man. The only one. Yeah. Oh, it was man. Great. It, was, it was like the first thing. Actually, it wasn't the only hug I had. Sorry, Jimmy. But it was the first one. Yes. And it was the most special. I walked <laughs> up, and Bob had like <laughs> as soon as four I got people. There, Bob had four people around him. I walked up, and, and, and I went to hug him, and Josh put his arm up, and then Bob gave the nod, and then Josh stepped back, and then I reached in, and I hugged him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's totally my yeah. security force. I'll yeah, let you yeah. through. That's what it was. Yeah, wait, wait. Josh touched his ear and then nodded his head, and then they said, okay, let him hug. <laughs> <laughs> All the snipers stood down. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. <laughs> so you got was- to leave the house... You get to see and talk to other people in real life. Yeah. IRL. 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 Yeah. It was super good. weird. It really, you know, even <laughs> though it's been like, it's almost like, it's like waking up. Like I think of that, that scene in the Planet of the Apes when Charlton Heston woke up in the air, air chamber and it was like, whatever, a hundred years later, but he was still who he was like when he went to sleep. It felt like that. <laughs> like we're right, we're right huh. back into WorkbenchCon, even though two full years have elapsed or more yeah and here we are we're right back into it and it's a lot of the same faces but a whole crop of new faces and in that two years it's nice to see how many people developed the gumption to get into this business i think that was one thing that really surprised me the most yeah of work we're talking about WorkbenchCon. anybody listening who doesn't know what we're talking about we went to WorkbenchCon in atlanta this weekend but one of the things that surprised me most is just what you said I was picturing going back and seeing all of the exact same people that we saw two years ago. At right, with same walkers, event. like walking with walkers and like <laughs> in wheelchairs because we're all getting so old. That's not, no. But I was expecting all the same faces, and you're right. Some of those faces were there, but then there were just tons of other people that I'd never met before, never seen their content. And that was pretty cool. You know, and I still didn't get to meet most of them, which was kind of a drag. I walked away from the weekend going like, I wonder who all those people were. <laughs> I tried to say hello to a few people. And, you know, I made it a point to make to say hello to several people here and there. If I saw somebody in an elevator with a badge on, I would say, hey, I'm Jimmy. And like everyone's like, oh, I know who you are, and which is very nice. And it's what also is cool to see is all the clicks. And I don't mean clicks in a bad way, but there's so many little groups of newcomers. I keep calling them freshmen in our conversations. So many groups of freshmen and, and uh, what is it, freshmen, sophomore, junior, senior. So just as a metaphor, a lot of freshmen and sophomores clicking together, being like us, like the group that we are, like how we all just came up together. And it's mm-hmm. really nice. It's, I think it's great because everyone's going to help each other. I offered advice to anybody that, that was curious. I just you know, I Instagrammed a few guys. I said, if you guys have any advice as you grow, please hit me up. If I can help, I will. And uh, it was good. It was, it was really nice to see so many new faces as opposed to just going back there and seeing all the same people, which I love, but it's nice to see literally new blood coming into the game. Mm-hmm. Did you have a chance to learn anything? I, you know, I listened to Jonathan Katz-Moses and uh, just a couple of conversations here and there. I didn't go to as many classes as I'd like to. I actually did two classes as the speaker, and they, they were both really good. They were both really fun. I talked about the development of my Blackborn with Patrick Reynolds, the electrician. And then I went on stage with Tamara and uh, Nick from Midnight Science. And we, uh, uh, I'm, I'm blanking on Nick's last name. It'll come to me. Householder. Yeah, Nick Householder and Tamara. We went up and talked about teaching kids. And I spoke to it from my point of view as college students who just like a child is developing just everything new. 
a college student is developing that next phase. Like, where do they want to go? Which direction do they really want to go? Because it's, again, it's like another hurdle in life. So I kind of talked about it from that point of view. And then also developing toys over the years. So it was the conversation. I had a lot more to say about it than I thought when they invited me on stage before we got talking. I was a little nervous that I wasn't going to have enough to contribute, but we had more than enough to talk about. So that was good. But uh, I got to see Jonathan Katz Moses, and I noticed April and a few other makers are developing these manufacturing arms of their business, which are incredible because all of us, we're all, as a metaphor, we're all family, and we could all turn to April. We could turn to, to, to Jonathan Katz Moses, and there's a few others, to offer light run manufacturing services, which is something if you're new to this business and it's always difficult to get anything manufactured. If you could talk to somebody that's already in, in the family with you, it just makes life a little bit easier. And what's cool about that as well, we're trying to do that. We're trying to build that up for ourselves, not necessarily for other people. I mean, maybe. But, um, you know, having those two people specifically already doing it in the space, them being open enough about what they're doing and how they're doing it to, like, I can reach out and say, hey, I know you're already doing this. Right. But I want to do it myself. Can you give me some advice? And they're like, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and they're just Just like the way stuff. we shared, you know, great. when we were all learning with, with advertisers and, you know, yeah. the, our, our, our workflows, just the way we share everything. I think it's the same. It's the same thing. It's, you know, there's never been a community that I've been involved in where the flow of information, unguarded information has ever been so free and easy. Yeah. Yep. The only class I went to, uh, I missed your the the talk with um with them i was actually looking forward to that one because i think i was just looking forward to it and i didn't get to go the one i went to was on tiktok and so let me have my little little old man moment here okay when i think of tiktok i think of this like this just boundless frameless it's just a whatever and it has no rules and it has no, it, I don't know. It's just, it's like this big cloud. And so I try to think about TikTok. I've tried for several months now, like don't be an old man about it. Don't just brush it off because it's a thing that you don't really, you can't put a box around. You know, there's got to be a box. There's got to be a thing that you can mm-hmm. use it for. Mm-hmm. And so I've tried really hard not to just be curmudgeonly about it um, because there's something that I don't get yet. So I go to this talk with this lady, uh, I think her name, what was her name? I can't remember what her name was. She was really nice and totally knew what she was doing. Um, Charlie, her name was Charlie. And so she's up there talking about TikTok and she built this like crazy, you know, I don't know, 1.8 million follower TikTok account doing DIY stuff and she's like really good at it and everything. And she works with TikTok as a creator uh, and like with them to develop creator tools and stuff. So she's like in it and knows about it. And so she does this whole spiel about how you should do things and how you shouldn't do things and whatever and whatever. And then people start asking questions at the end. And this is not a dig on her. This is a dig on TikTok. All of her answers were, I don't know, they won't tell us. Or, well, I don't know, sometimes it's this way and sometimes it's that way. And yeah. it became, through listening to her talk, more clouded and more loose and more... Just like, who knows? Right. And like, man, I really want to understand why something is interesting to other people. Yeah. In general, like whether <clears throat> I'm interested in it or not. And I just don't get it. I know people like watching 
TikTok for, you know, the dances or they think it's funny or what I get that part of it. But as far as like investing your time into a platform, going out of your way to create content specifically for a certain place, if you don't have some sort of a guided, like, I know if I put this in, I'm going to get at least this out or I'm going to have this kind of a return. I don't see how people justify it. You know, and I really <laughs> wanted to. I really yeah. wanted to ju- to see to understand how it was justifiable in yeah. your time, but I just I don't get it, man. I don't see it. I think it's purely entertainment for a lot of people. Like it's yeah. it's just like I want to make this because it's fun. Yeah. yeah. Laura was on Steve Ramsey this weekend. Uh, she's great. Laura's always good, no matter what she says and does. She mentioned just briefly, and it kind of was like a little stall went off my head. She's like. TikTok is like unsearchable. You can't go on TikTok and say, show me bathroom tile tips. Hmm. Right? I mean, I, maybe there's hashtags, but who's going to go on TikTok to learn bathroom tile tips? Who's going to go on TikTok to Apparently figure out how to wire do. your Carmen Ghia? You know, who's going to go on TikTok? Yeah. So for that, it's just like a bottomless pit of like variable entertainment, which is fine. But I mean, I don't find myself getting lost on it too much. I try not to open it because it's, I just, it, you know, I'd rather get lost in the stream of Instagram scrolls because it's more people i know i can catch up with like family and friends on tiktok it's just like looking out the window of an airplane basically while you're flying <laughs> into a city that's kind of the vibe i always get and, hmm. and i always get this like this sort of like my my brain creates these like metaphors in the background it's like vine was a party and the police came because it was making too much noise like okay everyone's got to go home it's already four in the morning I'm waiting for the police to knock on the door tick tock and say, all right, everyone's got to go home because there's going to be some like crazy financial kerfuffle in the background or something. And, and, you know, all of a sudden TikTok is going to be like, and it probably never will happen, but that's just the vibe I get. It's like, it's kind of going so far and fast and da, 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 And all of a sudden it's just going to be like, all right, everyone's got to go home. You're yeah. violating the noise ordinance. Some of my favorite TikToks are all on YouTube because you'll see like, uh, uh, you know, the graphics trying out uh, five TikTok hacks or you, you, there's, a, there's, there's a lot of cook. There's a lot, a lot of cooking TikToks. And so a lot of YouTube woodworking channels will like TikTok tricks and ticks, tips. Do they work? And then they'll, they'll try them out. And uh, so I get the, the, I guess the best of the best of TikTok yeah. on YouTube. Well, so and- if you're new to woodworking and you, you want to make a, you want need an idea for a video, try five TikTok hacks on YouTube. Yeah. There you go. There you go. You're going to have a hit. Um, to be clear, I'm not like, I, I'm talking about the, my confusion around TikTok. I don't want to sound so old. My confusion is around prioritizing investing the time to create content for it, yeah. not, not consuming. I'm not, I'm not talking about that at all. Like, there's a couple of people that I've seen on there that are hilarious, and I go back just to watch them. There's one guy named Rodney Norman. You ever watch Rodney Norman? Doesn't sound familiar. He's, no. Oh, man. I wonder if I could find this really quick just to play the audio because he's hilarious. He's a comedian who has this... Oh, I'm not going to be able to find it in a way that makes sense. Well, anyway, he's, he's a comedian, but he kind of does this old man voice like this, and he just talks like some little uplifting thing. He's like, hey, man, I hope you're having a freaking awesome day. <laughs> and it just like he'll just say that in like ten different ways, and then that's the thing. But it's really funny, and just uh, I don't know. So it's, in my mind, TikTok is stuff like that, where it's like a, a quick little enjoyable thing. And so, seeing that from a consumer standpoint, 
I don't know how to create that with what we do from a producer yeah. standpoint. And so I think that that's where I'm stuck on it. TikTok obviously is good for a lot of people, and there's some great oh, talent yeah. that's yeah. come through it. But you know, I just don't know how to translate me making a you know 20 minute toolbox into that. Yeah. All that to say, the one class I went to, I walked away frustrated. <laughs> so that was my point. And it wasn't because of the class. It wasn't because of Charlie. She, like, yeah. she did a great job. And, she, you know, she gives consulting to help you develop this stuff and, and all that. It was more just like, man, I was really hoping I would get it after this. And I didn't get it. And I, you know, so. So I wish I had gone to another class so that I at least had one takeaway where I felt like, yay, I, you know. Maybe the beauty of TikTok is its innocence. It's not about marketing your brand. It's not about like trying to get people to buy your stuff or maybe it's just it's people having fun creating stuff without money being involved. That's right. a that's an excellent point. Yeah, that could be it. All um, these rich people have time to play on TikTok, I guess. <laughs> well, thanks for ruining. So you're that. saying it's a place? It's a place for rich people, is what you say? <laughs> uh, WorkbenchCon was really good, and good uh, David, lots of people asked about you. Hmm. Lots of people missed you and wished you were there. Um, so take that for for what you will. Uh, but yeah, lots of people were asking about you, and it was really good to see everybody and spend time with everybody. Um. Anything else going on? I mean, I, I, David, what did you do this weekend while we were in Atlanta? Well, I I, I just lo- I love hearing about Workbench at Con. Um, not only am I a member of Making It Podcast, but I'm also a fan. So <laughs> I was very curious to know how it went. I saw a little bit of your Instagram stories, but it didn't really give me a sense of how it was. Like, were there lots of people there? I think there was a lot of people I, I missed. There, there was... There was a lot of creators that weren't there that I was surprised didn't show up. But, yeah. I mean, this matter. Izzy was there. It was good to see Izzy. And, you know, Izzy always has good insight to, chit, to chit-chat with. And mm-hmm. there, was, there was a lot of people. But at the same time, when I went home, I'm like, oh, I didn't see this one. Oh, I didn't see that one. I didn't see that one, you know. So mm-hmm. I guess it's also coming out of COVID. You can only imagine some people are still nervous about it, you know, justifiably so. And, and there was a lot of people that were gun-shy just expecting it to get canceled or get moved. So they didn't I, invest time and energy in, in it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think there were probably I don't know what do you say three hundred people maybe four hundred. I'm, I'm, I'm the worst when it comes to that. I, I look at the round. I go, it's probably thirty people here. You know, so probably like eight thousand people. Something, yeah. something <laughs> like that. eight or twenty. When we talked, when Bob, when you did your talk, there was a lot of people in that room. The room was pretty filled up. Mm. You know, there, yeah, throughout a few the, people. The, the, yeah, throughout the weekend, those those tables were all sparsely filled, and I thought to myself, "Wow, there's a lot of tables here for not too many people." But then, when you when your keynote was on Saturday morning, the room was pretty full. So, hmm. Hmm. I was impressed at how many people filled that room up. Whatever that number was. Yeah, yeah. So I don't really know, uh, and I'm sure there was a limit on the the total number of people that they you know ticket sales yeah. and stuff. Hmm. And I think they do try to keep that event at a certain size so that it doesn't get. Oh, they're unwieldy, you know. Yeah, they've always yeah, done that, A couple right? people said there was yeah. a cap. A few a few of the, the people okay. I talked to said there was a cap. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. It was a good time. If um, there's any I'm, outdoor I'm, events, I might be ready to, to leave the house. But um, yeah. I need, I, I, you know, being cautious for various reasons. And I like being outside as opposed to indoor events because when I – when I get anxious or nervous or I don't feel trapped, I, I'm not in a, in a room and I can mm. just walk away. Yeah. Yeah, this one was mostly 
indoor. I mean, the, the event was indoor, but, you know, the only outside was just outside the hotel, and it wasn't really within walking distance of anything. So it's not like there was a park next door, you know, yeah. we were hanging out or anything. We did uh, – so my whole team went, which was really cool. It was, it was a lot of fun to um, – just to get to go to something and have conversations with everybody. And then our friend Andy Bird, who lives here in town, he's also a content creator, does a lot of uh, desktop CNC stuff. He went down with us, and so we got to hang out with Andy. And so mm-hmm. that was that was really nice. We went and did an escape room one night as a group. That was a lot of fun. And we, we uh, stopped Chicago from getting blown up by a nuclear bomb. So That's you're welcome, cool. Chicago. Chicago. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was good. Nice. Has anybody been working? On <laughs> <clears throat> I've been working. I've been working behind the scenes. We got now. We got uh, as everybody knows at this point. We got stuff in Walmart, and it's just coming to the website now. And now it's also coming to the stores. But also right away, they're like, "Okay, if this is successful, what else do you want?" So me and Howard are working behind the scenes, coming up with new ideas and developing some concepts. So I've been doing that a little bit in between. Um, I'm going to do this week, I'm working on another stained glass style thing. It's another kind of total boat kit. And what I'm doing, this is a, this is like kind of behind the scenes. I'm developing, I'm going to try and develop a kit with, with a total boat to potentially sell in a, in the mass market may or may not work, but just as a sketch concept thing, it's just like a stained glass thing. Remember when we were kids, you'd put that like metal thing in the oven and you put crystals in it and then bake it and then you take it out oh, so yeah. it's like stained glass. So I'm trying to figure out how to use the Total Boat product to do a similar thing. So this week I'm going to promote the, the television show, the Netflix show, by doing a, uh, a laser cut piece of black plastic. That'll be the so-called stained glass leading. And I've already done a few different versions of fake stained glass, which really get the traditional stained glass people really excited to see people getting into stained glass. Gets them really, they're like, wow, it's really nice to see somebody getting into the very traditional ancient art of stained glass by using digital fabrication and non-glass <laughs> replacements. They really love that. So I was going to do another version of that today, uh, this week. So I'm working on that. And uh, I'm going to do the, one of the posters. There's several different posters. I'm going to do one of the posters for the TV show with the dinosaur and the sunset behind it. And uh, so that's what I've been working on, trying to translate an image into black line art. And I did this whole thing on, on Illustrator yesterday. I did a whole screen, like maybe an hour's worth of screen recording of me trying to turn a photographic image. And then I left the room and came back in and I looked at my iPad and I was like, what kind of idiot am I? I brought the image into... Pro- procreate and I just line drew over the whole thing and I had exactly what I wanted sent it to myself brought it into Illustrator did a live trace got perfect vectors and everything is amazing so I'll talk a little bit about that in the video like how to go from one thing to another where I was kind of going down this dead end I, I was just I was going to spend hours literally clicking and making black line art on top of a photographic image do you guys when yeah do you guys remember before Illustrator had line trace and it was there used there used to Adobe used was to a make sub a sub program right there was a sub program and then they stopped making that and there yeah. was a space in between that feature 
when they stopped making it and when they put it in Illustrator. I do vaguely remember that it was in the nineties, right? When they had that. It might have been it might have been in the early two thousands, but yeah, sometime around then. But it was I remember really when hard. it became a feature. It became yeah. like a standard feature. But yeah, I remember I had this when when I was working in the nineties, we worked out at the storefront doing toy development. And we had a full time graphic designer and uh, Cliff was his name. Cliff was the only one who knew how to use Illustrator, so I would hang over his shoulder and watch him work all the time. <laughs> and I remember we had a line trace something, and he had to get a hack program from somebody. <laughs> and like we waited, and the disc came in. It was like, this is the disc. Now we can turn this thing we're doing into line art. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and then a couple of years later, it was like, oh, now it's just standard in every program. So I, I have an intimate uh, uh, experience with that. It's funny. So I have um, I have done both the cutout the the shape on the laser and filled it with, with epoxy. When Evan and Caitlin were, were over a couple of years ago, I did a Christmas tree like that. And then I've done the stained glass thing where you, you know, you get the solder and, and the, the copper foil and you do the thing. And there, I think there's a place for both of them. So, you, you know, the stained glass people don't have to get upset. Like one is, <laughs> but they will, <laughs> but they, but they will, but they, they kind of have the same technique, but when you see them in person, they, they do feel like two two different things. Like we, you know, we have a couple of the stained glass pieces that I made hanging up in a window, and that looks really cool. And the laser cut with the epoxy kind of feels like a, just like a different art form. So I think there's a place for, for both. Yeah, yeah so, for sure. I mean, you can also like, I would assume, I've not done stained glass, but that that swirly color change in translucence of the colored glass mm-hmm. has a specific look. And I'm sure there's it does. Different types it does. Yeah. yeah. But you can get something totally different. And as far as the effect with epoxy based on yeah. Nixon's and, and all that yeah. stuff. So, so yeah, you could have two pieces that were, you know, geometrically identical, but had totally different like feels to mm-hmm. them based on the, the material. When I did sure. the big, it was actually one year ago this week that I did the big giant medallions that are hanging up in the shop now, the big uh, Maker Man panels. And I did that a lot. I mix up like a, I'll mix up like an orange and then I'll mix up like a creamsicle orange and then pour it and then pour that and then just like streak it with a stick. And then all of a sudden it looks like that floated real glass. Who Because who needs real glass? I mean, honestly, it's like so complicated and it's dangerous. Just let's use resin from now on. <laughs> the um, I, from I've only done the, the the stained glass project one time. There's a there's a video up on it, and I bought the the machine that you need to to grind the edges. Yeah, and that's the water the water grinder. Yeah, and that was actually the only part that wasn't really that fun for me. I I I love cutting the glass and I love the the soldering thing, but it's like grinding the edges. It's got a terrible sound. I remember spilling the water that lubricates the the grinder and. Um, it's it's a personal journey. Like woodworking, there's ten different ways to make to make a desk. You get to choose which is your your favorite way, the joinery and the tools that you use. So, whatever you want yeah. to do. A few years ago, I made the Maker Man with the uh, with the Wazer. That's the water jet, the desktop water jet. I cut all the glass out on the water jet and inserted into a laser cut framework. Which, yeah, people really loved it. Like I got so many notes from stained glass people. Like I really love that you're. Coming up with new ways of doing what we've been working. <laughs> smell that? You smell that sarcasm? You, I can <laughs> smell it from here. <laughs> that's, that's I'm, just, I'm just trying to make the home listener laugh. That's all. <laughs> and then, speaking of Jimmy's Walmart products, 
I bought one. It came. Walmart has really fast shipping. It showed up like two days later. It's like Amazon fast shipping. And tomorrow I'm going to film me putting it together. And somehow I'm going to personalize it. I don't know what yet. Thank um, you. Some guy did a really. Did you see the guy I tweeted it? He did like a Star Wars version. Okay. Yeah. He made it look like a Star Wars toolbox. It was really cool. It's such a, I got to shout that guy out at the end. I have not. I don't know how many Instagram photos or Twitter photos of of this toolbox that's been out, but I'm kind of avoiding it because I don't want to be influenced by anybody else. And I want to. So tonight. Right. No, that's smart. Tonight I'm going to try to have my idea so I can execute it tomorrow. Nerds and makers on Twitter. He did that. So thank you very much. That's cool. Tommy, thank you so much, Tommy. I'm just looking up his Twitter. But uh, yeah, we, uh, I have a funny thing with Jackman. It gave Jackman one and Jackman's going to pretend like he's opening it. I'm going to blow the joke, but you could expect where it's going. He's going to pretend like he's opening it and making it. But then when he's done, it's going to be like four feet across. So (laughs) suddenly he made it big. (laughs) I can picture it already. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's been. I I actually, I Instagram this morning. I said if anybody gets it, and I'm also sending the message here. If anybody gets it and they have a creative way of cutting the tabs, share that with me. Tag me, and we'll put it on the Instagram account so people could see the various ways of cutting the tabs. Which is funny, you know. Like we we put the show out a couple of weeks ago, and you know everybody saw the the Twitter hate that came through on there. I didn't really acknowledge it publicly, but now that the the, the packaging is out the, for the for the Walmart products, I'm also getting hate like. Why would you give this to a kid? It's almost all the way done. Why don't you have him work for it? I'm like, well, then you could go do your, you could sell a sheet of plywood. But you could put a package around <laughs> and sell a sheet of plywood at Walmart. Well, this is, you, I, also, you also have the plans for that toolbox available for people to download, right? Exactly. The files? So, yeah. And, and I go. think we give so. them away for free. I don't even know if we charge yeah. for them. But uh, it's funny what people would be like, this is what's <laughs> happening with America. You're making it all too easy for them. I'm like. When 40 years ago, 50 years ago, 40 years ago when I was a kid, 45 years ago, I, I had this thing called chip away where you like hit a thing with a hammer and then it knocks a piece of wax off and then all of a sudden there's a dinosaur under it. Was anybody looking at that going, this is not going to turn a kid into Michelangelo? <laughs> <laughs> it's just crazy. That's why. So when people say this, I'm like, okay, you have every right to develop. And this is on Instagram where you think everybody in the house is friends. And then you get that one drunk guy that comes up and starts acting the fool. And you get a, You want to teach the world how to do it? That's your responsibility. You start a product line and you do it. Nobody's stopping you. But it's like people come up and they're like, why isn't it like this? I'm like, there you go. You just invented your own product. Go for it. Go do it. <laughs> so I don't know, yes. I'm just really surprised to see some people being like, "You're making it all I, too easy." People need to need to hacksaw and use a bandsaw. Somebody even said we need to get kids off the couch, stop watching YouTube, and actually going out and doing stuff. I think that's a big jump from watching YouTube <laughs> and being lazy versus playing video games and being lazy. Well, I, think I think the point of our watch, videos I think is YouTube to get people gotten, off the couch. <laughs> well, this person doesn't agree. Whoever that was, I don't even acknowledge his name, but. Well, but I think no matter what you're doing, no, I mean, this is the same like CNC versus hand tool conversation. It's the same mm-hmm. thing. No matter mm-hmm. what you're doing, there's always someone who thinks that that's a shortcut. There's always somebody who thinks that that's out of their reach. You know, there's there's people on both sides of every action yeah. thinking it's too much or too little or, I mean, yeah. okay. There always will be, you know. Yeah, there's always going to be. Um, yeah, yeah, it's just like being able to mentally balance it. Yeah. 
David, did you make anything like this past week? Do you have any videos coming out this week? Or are you just starting on the toolbox? I'm just I'm just starting on the toolbox. Uh, yesterday, like, so I'm in my office now. And this is kind of funny. This this will show my my laziness for home improvement. But we've been in this house for four years, and I have done one wall every year we have lived in this house. So the wall wow. that my computer is on, I uh, I did that first. I tore that down, and I put up the magnetic dry erase board, which I never use. I still get a few comments every once in a while, like, "How is that magnetic dry erase board holding up?" I'm like, it just looks like a white wall. I never, there's there's some <laughs> sticky notes stuck to it, but I never write on it. I never use it for its magnetic capabilities. Like it's just a white wall. And then the wall over by the window, I have this like fake stone. You like, you can buy like these big sheets of, it looks like, looks like real stone and you just put it over your drywall. And then the wall behind me, I took down the pan, like year three, the wall behind me, I took down the paneling and put some drywall up. You guys probably think it looks like a normal wall. When I look at it, I see bad drywall techniques. And then this week- I think it looks good. I, it's good from here. <laughs> and then this like week, I have one wall left with the horrible 70s paneling. And so I took it all down and I put some drywall up. I haven't done any of the mudding or, or painting yet because I wanted to get my office back. So it might sit with just bare, uh, bare drywall for a little bit but um <laughs> for a little bit yeah probably for a year maybe for <laughs> until you die yeah <laughs> so i um i want to shoot more offices in the video but i always kind of want to be set up so i got this like mm. it's called a very pole it's made for photographers and videographers but it wedges itself between the floor and the ceiling and mm. then it comes with different uh, clamps that you can get that are made for photography and videography. So you can get a clamp that Isn't has that a lolly column. Is that was that? Oh, did, did we lally. talk about lally? Lally, yeah, lally, L A. Anyway, in, sorry, David. I'm just yeah, being silly. lally. So I have one of the. It looks like a stripper pole in my office, but it's it's for video <laughs> equipment. And so I got a camera set up on there, and I got lights, and so I can now just like with the flip of a switch turn all of that on to film from the mm. office i've um so I, I wanted to redo that wall for that purposes and some we're losing my music room in the spring because the the um, primary bath is getting expanded so i gotta uh, i gotta figure out how to get more stuff into this tiny little office so i'm working on all that right now but i want to do i want to change up the videos just a little bit and i don't like talking about future ideas because sometimes i execute and sometimes i don't but i want to um i want there to be voiceover along with the live talking and so there's this weird dynamic of going back and forth to try to um I, my goal is to that's always it's, that makes it complicated I, it, it's it, like a rhythm that's really hard to achieve it does i want to um as we know from making videos, flow of the video is the most important thing. Like you want the video to be engaging and entertaining and every shot should have a purpose. And so one of the things that I think could work for that is like I'm talking during the project, but then a voiceover kicks in to maybe explain something that needs to be explained a little bit more. And so I want to I want to play with voiceover, which I haven't done voiceover in my videos in a long, long time. And so changing up maybe maybe to make the videos better or maybe just to make it interesting for me i like changing things up every once in a while no you should yeah 
That's funny. I listened again. I, I'll, I'll drop his name again. Steve uh, Ramsey and, and uh, I guess it was Stephen Simone were talking about how you know a lot of YouTubers kind of stay stagnant. Only Steve was talking about how YouTubers stay stagnant. And he goes back and looks at them and he's like, "Wow, they haven't even had any like interest in changing their rhythm or their thing," you know. So it's it's funny how it's after doing it for so long, there's nothing wrong with trying something new. Yeah. Now I was talking to somebody about that this weekend um, about making changes, and I don't remember the conversation exactly, but I was they were they were trying to figure out how to make a big pivot. You know, I encourage them to, you know, sometimes big pivots can be a misstep. I mean, if you don't know, you know, and you make a big change, sometimes it can be the wrong change, and then you have to make another big change to mm-hmm. correct. And so I was trying to encourage this person to, you know, like we do, is make incremental change. And just just change stuff a little bit every time. You can try little things out, and if it works, you go further in that direction. Mm-hmm. If it works, you go further. If it doesn't, you can pull back. And a lot of times, video to video, the viewer doesn't even notice these changes. Mm-hmm. But over time, if you look at the beginning of a year and the end of the year, you're like, whoa, huh, look at that. Yeah. There was a lot of change happening that I didn't see. So, YouTube gives some really but, good yeah. analytics to, to let you know what's working and what's not. You can see audience retention, so it shows you a little graph. And if there's a dip in the middle of your video, that means people left. Or if there is a spike in the middle of a video, that means people went and rewatched. So there's some really good, valuable analytics that YouTube gives you. Yeah, it's a good point. Let's see. For me, um, we have a video that is supposed to come out this week. We're waiting on the sponsor to approve it, Um, but it should be. We made a gaming table. Uh, I don't know if I told you guys about this or not, but we made a table to play. It's a combination, like, conference table. Could be, you know, dinner table or whatever, but it's a conference table for us and a board game game table. And so it's got a table surface but then the middle of the table surface comes out and then there's like a lower section inside so you can set up a game with a bunch of pieces if you're playing you know or like a puzzle or whatever you can set it up down in there and then if you need to keep it there you know if you're not finished you can cover the table back up and have a normal table again and then on the inside of this area in the lower section of the table there's LEDs wrapped around the outside of it in this little like channel thing and so the person who sits at the end of the table, the the DM, in our case, we're going to play some Dungeons and Dragons at this table. So the DM can has a little uh, keypad at the end of the table, and they can press number one, and the lights in front of player one will highlight. And then, then two, they can so they can select the active player, and it puts turns on the lights in front of that person. But then there's also animations built into the LEDs. So if you're playing Dungeons and Dragons, and there's like a firestorm or whatever, you can have it glow and you know, animate like fire. So you've got a few things like that built into it. But the coolest thing is that it's sponsored by LG. And we reached out to them because I have one of their um, projectors at home. So we got another one of their projectors mounted it on the ceiling. So it shoots at the wall next to the table. But then we built a little 45 degree mirror pivot thing that is on top of the projector that folds down and it moves the projection from the wall down to the table. That's so it cool. like knocks it down at 90 degrees. And so you can project maps or absolutely anything hmm. <laughs> you want onto the table and it fits within the lower section and 
it turned out so cool. And it was such a pain. Like the design, we won't cover any of this in the video, but we had one design that was cool, but too complicated. And so we started building it. We used this terrible wood, which was Aspen. Have I already told you guys this? I feel like I no, told you this already. I don't think so. Okay, so I bought Aspen for this table because... I you mentioning it, but I didn't know why. Looking at the hardwood that I was going to use for this thing, it was trying to make it hardwood and look nice and everything, and it was so expensive. And Aspen was listed there. It was like at Menards. It was in the hardwood section, and there was enough of what we needed. It's very white and very uniform. And I thought, well, this would be an easy way you know, to have this hardwood table. So I'd, I'd buy the stuff without doing any research on it. That's mistake number one. It was very expensive. I got it home, and it's terrible. Don't ever <laughs> use Aspen for anything. Garbage wood. It burns pretty well. Mm. I have proof of that now. But as far as, like, building with it, terrible. It's What What don't you like about it? It's very dense. So, if, you know, it's technically a hardwood, but it's a soft hardwood. Um, so it's really tightly grained. But it's super fibrous. So when you cut it, you end up with tons of these little hair fibers mm. sticking out. And when you sand them, they just tear up. They don't knock off. And so you have to work really hard to get a nice sanded corner. Um, and we had, I don't know, 100 pieces. This table was going to be really complex. And there were a bunch of little panels and foldy bits and a desk pieces and all this stuff. And so we made, we cut all these pieces, $450 of Aspen, cut it down, built one of these little boxes, and I was like, nope, <laughs> it's not, not going to work. So we already had all the stuff cut, so most of it we couldn't really use for anything else because it was like small pieces. And um, man, it was so disappointing. But because of that, we said, you know, that was in the morning. We assembled this thing one morning. And I was like, nope, we have to stop right now. I don't want to move any further. We have to rethink this. And so in a matter of like a 30-minute conversation, we remodeled the entire thing, came up with a much simpler way to build it. It's a more general table that would work in a lot of different ways, but equally as useful for games and stuff. So it's, it's like way better, way simpler, and it doesn't use Aspen. And I just... I. Please don't ever use Aspen for anything. <laughs> Maybe they'll stop growing that tree if people stop using the wood. It's terrible, uh, terrible, terrible. Did the uh, did the joke a pain in the Aspen ever come up? <laughs> it did not. Dang it! But man, that was a missed opportunity right there. <laughs> um, yeah. So what we ended up with was really cool, and uh, and it came together very quickly once we had the new design and and all that stuff. So combination of a cool table, the projection, the LEDs. Like, it's a pretty fun thing. And, um, yeah, we're excited. Actually, now we're gonna, now that we have this at the office, we're going to probably start doing, like, a game night once a week and just, you know, everybody just come over and play some games or something. So Reminds me of my... I'm excited about that, but that's, that's what we've been doing. Reminds me of my grandparents' bridge night. <laughs> yep. But a modern yep. version of that. I mean, maybe. We're getting up there in those in that age, yeah. you know. They probably weren't as old as you think they were when they were playing. This bridge. is true. So we're yeah. probably actually getting closer to that. Yeah. No, yeah. I remember. That's so funny you say that. I remember when my dad got the household prepared for my mother's fortieth birthday party. 
And yeah. I was like, wow, that's old. Mm-hmm. And, now and when when your parents turned 40, I bet it was like a over-the-hill type party, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. It was like, yeah, that's what it's I'm like saying. like black it's... balloons and like, oh, man, this you're on the way out. <laughs> no, I, I remember, remember my dad made this big sign, and it's still up in the attic at my house. It's so funny. I haven't seen it in probably 20 years, but I know it's there. Because when, when we were kids, we used to kind of use it as a table. My dad made this big piece of paneling and like made this like poem or something about my mom and uh about her hitting 40 and like it was like a it's like a joke poem i can't remember it but and then growing up my mom always said i go my mom would say it's my birthday i'm gonna be 39 and she would always say it as a joke for years like even now like if i said to my mom her birthday's in june she'd be like yeah i'm gonna be 39 this weekend she's gonna be 50 she's gonna be 83 it's crazy but she still always says the joke i'm gonna be 39 that's pretty good i should use that yeah I'm going to be, actually, my birthday's in April. I'm going to be 39. Mm. Oh, mm. cool. Man, you're getting Plus really 16. close to 40 <laughs> on the way out. Plus 16. <laughs> uh, so that's what we did this, this, well, actually, we did it a couple weeks ago. We're finally beginning to get ahead a little bit. I'm very happy about that. We have this table done. We have the next video, which I'll go ahead and say is the air compressor setup. You know, I was talking about. Finally. That. Got that shot um, <laughs> and watched that yesterday, and it. I feel like it's a, I, th- I feel like it's informational. Nice. You know, like I'm, I'm proud of how much stuff is in yeah. it. And so I hope it's helpful to people. And then we're already working on the next two videos after that right now. Bob, when do you uh, start digging into the car and patching this stuff? As soon as, I'm waiting on the panels to show up um, that I ordered. And a lot of them are, they have to be made or they're back ordered or something. So. I'm still waiting on those to actually arrive, but there's still lots of work I can do in the meantime. I started taking off some of the the old Bondo or right. body filler of some sort. I don't know what it is. It's like multiple colors. And so I experimented with, you know, using the sander, using a stripping disc on a grinder, using a air hammer just to try to figure out what's the, the simplest way to chip this stuff out. And they all kind of worked depending on you know, what I was working on. Um, so, yeah, I've started on that on one side, but I'm not really going to get uh, any of the actual body panel replacement until it all shows up, and I make sure that I have everything I need. So I was talking to uh, Craig from Barefoot Forge this weekend, and he's a VW guy. He does VW buses and uh, the later ones, like the Westphalias and the Vanagons. Because he has a lot of experience with, with those. And so I was telling him about getting these panels and how I was, you know, I'm going to have to learn how to uh, add a little flange to the cutouts and put these panels on and then spot weld them and then go back and all this stuff. And he was like, no, 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 don't do any of that stuff. You got to use glue. So apparently, this is new to me, and I've looked it up a little bit. Apparently, people now often will replace body panels on a car or sections of body panels with a glue instead of welding it on. Have you heard of this, Jimmy? Yeah, yeah, that's that's been around for a long time. There's this it's, great glue, by the way, it's from 3M. It's black, it gets on everything. It's like tar, yeah. it's almost like window glue for a car. But right. this black uh, glue is incredible. It's not quite silicone and it's not quite like an Elmer's type PVA, like a, a type on type of glue. It is... Uh, it is this weird glue that gets very hard, and 
I bought it to patch some holes and glue some material for the the blue truck I built last year. I restored last year, and uh, I, the tubes are hanging around, and I've used them for a few different things. They're great. Hmm. Yeah, and they have like a screw off cap because you'll if the glue will fill in the whole cap and it yeah. will cure. So you just unscrew that and screw in another one that right right at the bottom of the tube. And it will bond yeah. metal to metal. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like that when you like pull out a car interior and you see like kind of like a smudge around the seams. It's that basically that same stuff, but that's like the factory application. And then by hand, you could do it. So I wouldn't like if you had bolt holes, I wouldn't use use this in place of like a bolt connection. You want to do the bolt connection, but when, for instance, guys put in rocker panels, sometimes the guys glue them in, which to me is crazy because I would always yeah. weld it if you can, especially since there's going to be so much repair between the panels you don't want them to vibrate you know if you're going to like work a rocker panel up into the door jam either in the front of the door or back by the the back of the door you want to make sure that it's going to be secure but what you could do is tack you know you could like glue it in so it gets in there so you can keep like water and moisture from getting into the cab or wherever and then tack the front of it but i don't i don't don't, i'm probably going to get hate mail for saying that because you probably don't want to get that hot and smelly but Hmm. you know it's, it's 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 a dirty job fixing a car there's nothing yeah. pleasant about it. Well, he said that it sounded like the big advantage of using this over just, you know, spot welds and then um, were, was that... No deformation, I would assume. Well, yeah, that's that's one. You're not changing the shape of the metal through heat, but you're also, you're not going to end up with gaps. So if you spot weld around a panel, you have a bunch of spots. That means you also right. have a bunch of gaps in between the spots. Right. Right. And if that's not sealed up, then the water will get yeah. in there and it'll yeah. kill itself from the inside out. And so with the glue, you're sealing up the entire, you know, connection point between two panels. And so that makes sense to me. But it, the thing I just don't have any experience with is that it seems like over time, the rattling of a car would somehow loosen. I don't, That's why I, right. I, 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 mean, I would I, feel comfortable using both. Like I use it yeah. and then I tack weld it around it. You know, I tried not to create a fire with it. So it's, it's strategic how you strategically mm-hmm. use it together with like a couple of tack welds. Yeah, I guess I'll just have to experiment. I have a lot of little, little pieces that have to be replaced. You know, it's not like I'm taking off a big two foot fender or something. It's like the lower curve around the bottom that kind of it's got a hole in it, and so I can cut out a little, you know, six by six inch piece. But it's a compound curve, so it's got to fit. It's got to fit well, and it has to stay there. And so I guess yeah. I'm just. You know, I'm going to have to experiment with it. But yeah. it was something well, new actually, to me. So. I probably mentioned him already, but Paul, Paul Pinto's going through all this right now. He's working mm-hmm. on a cab of his truck. So if you follow, he's mostly on Instagram these days. But if you follow Paul Pinto, he's been fixing a 1953 pickup truck. And he's replacing a lot of parts on the cab. So in some cases, it looks like he's just cutting out metal and putting new metal back in. But he said there's pinholes in a lot of the patches he's making, which you can't see on camera. Because mm. he sandblasted the car, so the pinholes... Yeah, pretty plentifully said. That was one thing I was happy about is that I didn't have a whole bunch of those little tiny mm-hmm. pinholes that showed up from the blasting. Mm-hmm. I did find that there's one area of one of the the walls of the car that just pushing on it, like all of it, all of the steel has a certain amount of give. No matter what the curve is, no matter how close it is to a joint, you can feel the thickness of the steel when you try to push on the side of the car. And there's this one spot. <laughs> where it's like, boing, it's very, very squishy. And so I don't know if that means that it is, it is thinned out on the backside to a point to where it, you know, it just, there's less there, or 
if maybe that was a patch panel that somebody put in previously and they used like the wrong gauge steel, maybe right. it, it just maybe feels it's just like a cheap. It's different. like a cheap panel. Yeah, could be. Could, I don't see be any just seams a from it. Factory but. anomaly, or it could be uh, yeah, you know just a true. cheap replacement panel. Because when you buy, I know when you buy uh, LMC parts for Chevys, I think. I could be wrong because I always just buy the most exp- I usually shop by looking at the number and pay for that. But somebody suggested that you could buy LMC. You should Chevy go to my parts. website and just look for the most expensive thing. No, they it's say the you could buy the, the first class or first quality, high quality fender or the low quality fender. It depends like what the truck is. Yeah. If you make it a show car, you want everything to be perfect. And if you buy the high quality fenders, you, you're more likely to have good body seams. If you buy the low quality fenders because it's like lower grade steel, you're going to have a little bit of a uneven matchup potentially mm. but you could you know if you're a good body man you could make everything work ultimately but i saw an interesting fix yesterday i, I follow a, a channel called elite body works i think it's called it's more of like a compilation of cross-platform stuff on instagram it's not necessarily one person shop it's like a it's like going into a it's it's a, it's an amalgamation of a lot of channels sorry i had a mute to cough but there, there was a, a dent right in the side of a car they're always showing new techniques. And they had like this thing glued to one side of the dent and this thing glued to the other side of the dent. And they put a jack between these two stanchions on either side of the dent. And the dent popped out by literally pulling. So imagine there's a dent in a piece of paper and you were to stretch both ends and pop hmm. it flat. That's what they did with this, the, the dent on the side of the car. Huh. It worked incredibly. It was, he, it might've been like hot glued. A lot of times, these guys auto body hot glue, hot glue things to pull dents out. And then you pour alcohol on it, and hot glue immediately lets go. So we'll hot glue something to the side of a dent and pull it. Um, but by stretching the material quite literally left and right, it popped the dent out forward. It was pretty cool. Hmm. Cool. Yeah, I'm kind of beginning to go down the rabbit hole of. Um you know, body work and, and, and just trying to find channels. There was a channel that, uh, it's called Make It Custom. This mm-hmm. wasn't going to be my recommendation, but it is a good, mm-hmm. you, have you seen yeah, it? Yeah, I've been, I'm subscribed. It's a good channel. Okay. Maybe I learned about it from you. I don't, I don't remember, but he's got a lot of really cool stuff. One of the things that was most interesting that I saved that he showed was how to make a really complex um, replacement panel using tape and paper. And so making the template out of something that's totally moldable around the existing piece and then how to transfer that onto another piece of metal, you know, and then shape to match and stuff. But that, I'm sure, I haven't watched that yet, but it's it's in my list because I know it's something I'm going to have to do. And I know that I could, with that description right there, I could probably figure out how to do it. Mm. But he will absolutely say, you know, the best way to get from this shape to this shape is to do this. The best way to wrap around a compound curve is to do this. And so watching that 10-minute video from somebody who has a lot of experience there will we'll speed up, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the thing that I have to do like 20 times. So, so there's to a, save things like that and come back. Uh, Jimmy, you know his name. So making it custom, great for like shaping metal into crazy shapes. There's the Jimmy, we've talked about him before, the classic car guy from the 80s who he's an older gentleman now and will shape metal and uh is it Rod something Corvair so, I forget his name. Covell? Covell. Something yes. like that. Co- uh, 
I think that's it, yeah. That's another great channel to check out for, like, shaping and bending metal into crazy shapes. Just, like, they're magicians of what they can do with with sheet metal. It's it's unbelievable. Yeah, that stuff's got to come from just a huge amount of experience of just, you know, using specific tools on specific types of metal, seeing what it does, and then trying to replicate it. Ron Covell. Thank you. He's uh, he's, he's like a magician with metal. Ron Covell. Makes all cool. kinds of stuff. He did a collaboration with this old Tony a few years ago. It was good. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, to the Carmen Gia, your original question, that's where I'm at. Is uh, it's, it's right there. It's ready to start working on, waiting on pieces to show up, and time to do it. <laughs> but it's becoming a bigger... <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> it's becoming a bigger priority. It's something I'm, I'm... I've been motivated to do it. I've been wanting to work on it a lot. But now... There's nothing in between me and starting body work. It's just the time to do it. So, you know, as it's the temperature's getting nicer outside, sun's staying up a little bit longer, I plan on being out there in the evenings a little bit more and just starting to chip away at it, you know? Hopefully. Yeah. I was going to work on my... I got the new flatbed. I was going to build a flatbed for it, and I was planning on doing it in the winter this time. I was going to bring it inside. But since I have the walls in the new shop already and nice... I just could imagine the ecological disaster of sanding a car inside that mm-hmm. type of place and just dust would be hanging on the walls forever. So I'm waiting till it's warm out so mm-hmm. that I could sand outside and then bring it inside at night if there's exposed metal in preparation for getting the whole body painted over. I don't want to sand inside. There's just too many. When I did it last year, everything in the room had an inch of dust on it. But it was yeah. the room wasn't really primped and ready for the TV show yet. Hey, hey Bob. The uh, that the Eastwood yes. product so you, that you put on the bare metal so it doesn't doesn't rust. Is mm-hmm. can you use that? Like I know you can primer right over that stuff. Can you use it temporarily? Like like what Jimmy's doing, so he doesn't want it to rust. He can just put that stuff on there and then go back to sanding the next day. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's what I mean. I sprayed it on there when I blasted it, and I haven't touched it since then. It it adds a zinc phosphate coating. I think it's what it is um and so that is a an anti-rust coating that will stay there until you scuff it so yeah and my plan is to put the uh epoxy primer right on top of it that seems to be the okay thing to do so i'm gonna have to i didn't do a good job of you're supposed to spray it on let it sit for five or ten minutes and dry and then you wipe it off and so when it converts the contaminants or when it converts whatever it needs to convert, sometimes it will bubble up and there's like a black uh, bubble on the surface that's crusty and you can like flick it off. I mean, it's not hard or anything, but it it's not perfectly flat. So you're supposed to spray it, let it dry, and then wipe it off with a clean cloth to remove that stuff before it completely hardens. I had a big car, so I didn't do all that. So I will have a little more scuffing that I have to do across the entire thing to get, you know, to get the surface like really flat. But the epoxy primer will go on top of that. It's going to get sanded before the actual primer. You know, I mean, there's there's a bunch of layers, so I'm not super worried about leaving that on there for now. I may regret it, but we'll find out. I don't know. (laughs) Well, you guys got anything else? We've been talking for almost an hour about nothing (laughs) (laughs) this is our seinfeld episode yeah it's it's what we do i wanted to say real quick before we finish up that i met several people who are 
or, or re-met, you know, saw people again who are patrons of this show. They were very complimentary. Uh, it was really great to to actually get to put some faces to names. Like uh, Chris Powell, the guy who's doing, from Full Steam Designs, doing the really yep. awesome car. He yep, sat he in was, our yep. Fusion class, got to meet him. Good dude. Uh, that was really cool. I saw Rich from Lowen Designs, got to talk to him. He's doing some really cool stuff. Rich uh, is a good dude. Yeah, he was telling me about some art pieces that he's been working on, and you'd get a kick out of them, David. They're, they're pretty cool. I don't want to give them away because I don't want to spoil his stuff, but very cool. It was good to see him. Uh, saw, let's see, saw Bernie from Works by Solo. Solo. Saw Chad from Mancrafting. Chad from Mancrafting. Who else do we see? Chad's got a pretty hearty beard. Yeah, yeah he does. Um, we saw more. Uh, those are just the ones that are coming to mind, but... Um, it was really cool to see them, and we had some really great feedback from them about, and, and from other people, just that they really enjoy the show, and they feel like, you know, they're hanging out with people uh, while they're in the shop, so that made me happy. It was cool. Nice. Um, big thanks to everybody, those people, and everybody else that helps us out on Patreon. We do really appreciate it. It means a lot. And they all get the after show, no matter what level they're at. And that is a separate podcast feed that you get from Patreon. The link's there. You can put it in your podcast player, all that stuff. But the top supporters over there are Chris Powell from Full Steam Designs, Odin Leather Goods, Rich at Low End Designs, Blondie Hacks, Fun Kiss Artistic Creations. Uh, you can make this too. Caleb. I saw Caleb there. Yeah. Uh, Chad from Mancrafting, Works by Solo, Albers Woodworks, Corey Ward, and yes. Stephen Booker. Thank you all, um, guys. Yeah. But there's a bunch of other people over there, like yep. David Tanner. And we're grateful for all of them. So if you want to join that crew, go to patreon.com slash making it. Or if you just want to leave us a review on your podcast player of choice, apparently that really helps get the show in front of other people, which is, you know, that's something I would love to have a bigger community around what we're doing and like more people getting to feel like they're hanging out with other people that have um, shops and stuff. I think that'd be really cool. So leave us a review if you don't mind. That'd be really cool. What do you guys have to recommend? Guys. This week. I, I just yes. put a link in the chat. Okay. BM okay. Sculptures. He The video is called Carving a Whale Out of Epoxy and Wood. Blake was at WorkbenchCon. Oh, my, Blake is my man. goodness. This guy's is, guy is incredible. Blake Blake is, was on, was on uh, making a TV show. That's how I got to be friendly oh. with Blake. Oh. Whew. He's nuts. He's a professional baseball player for almost six or seven years. Oh, awesome. And then he got into, then he left, he retired from baseball and then got into uh, doing artwork. He's, what incredible stories. And he couldn't, he couldn't be a nicer guy. And he did, a, he did an interview with Steve Ramsey a few weeks ago. And, and so you get to know a little bit more about him. Hmm. Cool, Jimmy. That's your pick. Well, David, what's your pick? <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Don't listen to Steve's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think Steve's podcast is great. And he's interviewed some really good people, like maybe not. Including me. Hmm. <laughs> wow. You're so humble. <laughs> All right, Jimmy, what you got? Oh, you know what? I just had something that just kind of it just slipped my mind. What was I going to? Oh, uh, I'm, I, you know, I'm <laughs> it was me. It was an episode of the podcast that <laughs> yeah. I was on because I'm great. That's about me. No, I, I, uh, I'm just looking through my thing. I started, I might have mentioned these guys already. They might be drunk. It's, uh, it's, it's my, uh, Mark Norman and Sam Morell, stand-up comedians. It's a, it's a podcast that started during the pandemic. It's yeah. funny. I mean, these are 
guys are they're like really old school, hardworking comedians, but they're young. And so they have funny road stories and they, they work every night. So it's like real old, legit old school comedians just doing it just like the old way. And it's funny to see young guys in that sort of old mold. So check that out. And uh, also just uh, I want to send a little love. Everybody, thank you. So many people have been getting the kits and putting them together. And I just really appreciate everybody, you know, re reposting. And, uh, you know, I, I also entered into an agreement with Type on Glue. So if anybody wants to put your kit together. Show type on glue some. Do it with type on. <laughs> Jimmy. Do, oh, Bob. Uh oh. Hang on, Bob. Let me say that <laughs> yes. again. Let me record that. <laughs> Sample that. Uh, this episode of this show that we are recording right now comes out in, on March 4th. What else comes out March 4th? Oh, my God. Thanks for reminding me. Uh, this my Netflix video. <laughs> a little Netflix show. <laughs> my TV show. No, me and the guys did the TV show on Netflix called Making Fun. It airs on March 4th, Friday, March 4th. It's going to be exciting. We're doing uh, uh, up at uh, the whole production company stayed at a little town called Wyndham, which is near my house. And they all stayed at the hotel there, which is it's, it's kind of it's like a little bit. It's a little town. It's kind of it always reminds me of the town in uh, in uh, Groundhog Day, mm. that little Pennsylvania town. This is what Wyndham is like. Anyway, the whole production company stayed there. Everybody on the team stayed there. And even the cast stayed there. So they basically really bonded with a couple of the hotel people. And the hotel people wrote to all of us and said, hey, we're having a viewing party. You guys can all come. And so some people are coming from LA to come back oh, to wow. the viewing what? party. That's so Wyndham. cool. Yeah. So Friday night's going to be like a little tiny red carpet thing for like 25 of us. Oh, it's going to be great. That's that is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So a couple of the producers are coming back and... Uh, you know, bringing friends and family, and they rented a couple of the rooms at the same hotel. And so it's going to be great. And I think pretty much everybody in the cast is coming. At first, I, don't, I think Pat's actually coming from Canada. So we're all going to hang out Friday and Saturday. Oh, that's for a so cool. Very cool. It's really exciting. Yeah. So thank you, everybody. Oh, and then also, I just, the, the production people kind of suggest, well, PR people suggested we join Cameo. So we all joined Cameo yesterday, and I did my very first Cameo last night. It's a little bit cringy. I see Bob like getting cringed out by cameo, <laughs> but it's 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 really you know I, everybody knows me. I've given away so many things for free, and it's totally fine, and I still will. But cameo is kind of more for like the the people that don't know us on YouTube, you know, people outside the yeah. family, and and it's it's going to be fun. Like I said, it's, it was, I I was asked to join cameo four years ago. I was like, nah, I'm not doing it. But now with the Netflix thing, it seems a little bit more appropriate. So. Anybody that listens to this podcast gets anything from me for free. You don't have to go through Cameo. <laughs> well, you just threw away a bunch of money, but sure. Eh, it's, it's just kidding. Cool. Well, let's see. Mine is um, our friends uh, Nicole and Turi from When Geeks Craft. We were talking about stained glass earlier. I don't know if I've mentioned this or not, but they made a three-dimensional stained glass space shuttle. I can't remember if I t talked about this or not, but um, I have not seen it up close. We did see them at WorkbenchCon, get to hang out with them a lot, which is really great. They're awesome. Um, but this thing is just crazy, and I you should just go watch it. It's a three-dimensional space shuttle. Holy cow. Stained glass. It's out of glass? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and That's so cool. Yeah. It's really cool. They, they do great stuff. I mean, they, they do lots of really interesting resin. They make a lot of these maps that are laser cut, really intricate, and then hand painted. And then, like, the water of the map is filled in with epoxy. Bob, say they the name it. again. It's Wind Geeks Craft. Huh. 
Um, and I'll put a link to it in the show notes. But they do great stuff. Uh, they're patrons of ours and friends of ours, and so we get to hang out with them on our Discord Discord server. Oh man, where I like to make stuff. Crazy. But um, anyway, this thing is is really cool. So go check it out. Uh, you guys got anything else Mm-mm. Mm-mm. this week? I'm waiting for the after show so mm-hmm. I can pour my coffee without muting my mic. That's what I do. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. And, uh, Thank you. We'll see you next time. Later. Love you.